Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. This podcast is sponsored by SushiSwap, the best place to trade and provide liquidity with your favorite DeFi tokens. SushiSwap also offers a suite of applications beyond the exchange, including Kashi, a lending and borrowing platform, and Miso, a launchpad for new crypto projects. Sushi is part of the Yearn ecosystem, which includes Cream, Acropolis, Pickle, Keeper, and PowerPool. Check out Sushi.com on an EVM-compatible chain near you. Talking Crypto is sponsored by Harvest Finance. Harvest is the easiest way to earn yield on your favorite DeFi tokens. With hundreds of automated strategies across multiple chains, Harvest does the hard work for you while you sit back and relax. Harvest is launching a new and improved user interface, so be on the lookout for that. Check out harvest.finance to start farming today. Hello, uh, we're on uh, with G Money, an NFT aficionado. How are you doing today, G Money? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What What, what is your title if you had to have one? Uh, I mean, I don't know. A collector, investor. Uh, I guess now VC. VC is that a, that's more recent. Yeah. So now you're involved with Delphi. Is that correct? Yep. Delphi and I teamed up together. Uh, we're running a. Uh, NFT venture, uh, VC fund, venture, venture fund, NFT. Venture All right. Fund. That's awesome. I want to jump into that. But first, before we jump in, give me a little bit about your background. How'd you get into uh, crypto? And then I guess NFTs. Uh, yeah. So I, I got into crypto in, in 2017 and, uh, you know, I, I had heard about Bitcoin. I read about Bitcoin on zero hedge years ago. And, uh, at the time it was 27 bucks and I was like, oh, I'm going to wait for a pullback. Because uh, I come from traditional finance, so just looking at the chart, I was like, "Oh, you know, this thing's breaking out. I'll wait for it to pull back." It went straight to a thousand, and I was like, "Oh man, I missed it!" And the bubble popped, uh, and it went back to two hundred. And I was like, "Oh, this is tulips. You know, that was like the bubble that it had." And and thanks for playing. In early to mid twenty seventeen, uh, Bitcoin started getting back above a thousand. And because of the price action, uh, the trader in me was like, oh, this is interesting. Like if this is back up here, there might be a reasoning, reason and there might be more to that. So, you know, I started delving back into Bitcoin. I heard about some people that were making money in it. Uh, I found Ethereum and I was like, wow, this is really incredible. And uh, I caught the mid to late cycle stage of the ICO boom. And then in, uh, in Q1 of 2018, I was like, you know, blockchain tech is really cool and it's really awesome and it's going to change the world. But using the dot com as my parallel, you know, the I was like, this is still like five to seven years away. So in Q1, I sold pretty much everything I had that was liquid. Uh, obviously, couldn't sell anything I had that wasn't liquid. And I was like, I'll be back thinking that it would be like five to seven years. And then in in March of, of last year, uh, obviously, when, uh, you know, the Fed came out and said they were basically buying all assets. I bought a bunch of crypto. I bought a bunch of Bitcoin uh, that day. And then uh, I obviously had some projects that were unlocking in the early summer. And so like I started messing around with uh, DeFi and everything that was happening. And I was like, holy shit, like people build stuff way faster than I thought. And like this stuff is revolutionary, like not evolutionary, revolutionary. Like the first time I used Aave, I was like, this is going to change the world, you know? And um and so then I went down the DeFi rabbit hole 
And I heard about NFTs over the summer, but I didn't really pay attention because I was like, you know, relearning all this DeFi stuff and, and getting acclimated to it. And then when DeFi summer ended last year, I started like, you know, learning about NFTs and I like it clicked right away uh, because on the first day of quarantine, I bought a PlayStation. I hadn't played a video game in, in over 10 years at that point. And I download Fortnite and I start playing with my friends and their nephews. And these kids are 12 years old asking me which skins did I buy? And I was like, I'm not buying any skins. These things have no, they have no utility. Like there's no, there's no extra special powers I get. So I'm not buying anything. Fast forward two or three weeks, I'm buying all the skin, all the skins that I possibly can. And at this point, I didn't know what an NFT was, you know, but I was like, I was, you know, at that time I was like, wow, this kid's 12 years old, but in 10 years, he's going to have his own discretionary income. And he's going to be totally okay with the, with the idea of owning something only in the digital realm. So I was like, there's this massive super cycle here. So when I found out about NFTs and I was going down the rabbit hole on them and, you know, I came across punks cause I, I also, I didn't get punks exactly right away, but when I got them, it was like, oh, like this is your skin on, on Twitter, on discord, on telegram where, you know, all of crypto is communicating. So it's like, if that's your skin in the metaverse right now, in the metaverse as it is, then these things are going to have a ton of value. And that's kind of uh, what I ended up doing. Uh, I went really deep into punks. I wrote this long Twitter thread on it. When I, you know, when I bought my ape at the time, it was the, it went for about 150,000, which at the time was the highest amount paid for a punk. And uh, yeah, like, you know, punks obviously have gone on an insane run since then, but that's how we kind of ended up here. I like that story a lot. Definitely some things that I connect with, especially with the pred, the Fed printing money in early 2020. That that was what drew me into crypto initially. Period. Like full stop. Like I was not into crypto at all before that. And then I heard about that, and I'm like, well, I started thinking. I'm like, well, someone actually came up with the solution for this, and that was Bitcoin. So then I started learning about Bitcoin. You know. But as you get more and more involved with Bitcoin, you realize there's not a lot going on there. And then I got, uh, you know, into Ethereum and of course, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that was one of the things that drew me to Ethereum in 2017, right? Is like, where are all the developers? Like, right, where, what are they building on? And that to me was my bull case for Ethereum because everyone, everyone was, if they weren't building on there yet, they were planning on doing it, right? So like, to me, like, kind of like to take that, to extrapolate that even a step further, right? Like if Bitcoin gives you, let's say a return of one, right? Like the beta on that is Ethereum and the beta on Ethereum is DeFi. And like, to me, the beta on DeFi is NFTs, right? So it's like, if you think that the Fed is going to be easing or that central banks around the world are going to be printing more and more money, you want to be long, you know, the, the assets that have the highest convexity which is the highest beta, right? So it's like, to me, that was like a no brainer for getting into DeFi, uh, into NFTs. What do you mean when you say uh, beta? So like, I mean, in, in the moves, right? So if like, if you expect to make 1% on Bitcoin, right? Like you could expect probably to make more on Ethereum. So maybe let's say 2% for simplicity's sake. And on DeFi, you expect to make 3% and then on NFTs, maybe 4%, right? These numbers aren't exactly like that, but like just that, the, your risk reward, right? Like your upside risk will be higher, but also your downside risk is higher. It's like kind of like a natural leverage in a way. Yeah. 
Well, that was kind of what, and I alluded to this in my first thread, was what really drew me to uh, CryptoPunks and other like triple A NFT projects in general was especially at the time, I saw them as massively mispriced call options on Ethereum, right? Cause it's like, if I'm gonna be bullish on, on these assets, like last cycle, at the end of the cycle, people would be like, when Lambo, when Lambo, uh, because that's what they would use to buy their gains. That's what they would use with their gains that they made. To me, I was like, I think this cycle will be like when punks or other like triple A NFT projects, because what's the point of, of having this wealth? And this is as humans, right? Like a psychological and sociological thing is like humans like, like to show off, right? Like, and who do we like to show off to our friends, right? In our social circles. So it's like, instead of me buying like a Lamborghini that I can drive around the block uh, in the real world where, you know, not my closest friends are, why not show it off as a profile picture uh, where I interact every day with, with the people that I'm close with, right? For better or worse, that's how humans operate. And that's the idea behind like having a skin, right? I mean, that's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah like even when I was playing Fortnite, right? Like, you know, there is no monetary value uh, in these skins, at least at the moment, right? Because everything's owned by Fortnite, by Epic. But when you see somebody with like a really old skin, you're like, oh, that guy's like an OG. Like he's been playing for a while. You know, I'm a, I'm a noob, so that guy will probably kill me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know much about Fortnite skins, but um, I mean, you can't go back to get the older ones. It's like a seasonal or no. something. No, yeah. So it's like, I mean, sometimes I think they redrop them, but you know, some like most of the time, I think they're like you know single runs only for let's say a limited amount of time. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is I have I have a couple friends with kids who are teenagers. And, you know, he like, they come to him asking for money to buy accounts on eBay because they want to get one skin that like they think is really rare. And, you know, like he's older, he's in his 40s. So he's like, dude, like this is a scam. Like you're going to learn on your own. Like you're not, that's a really rare skin. If you really want to buy it, it's a couple thousand dollars for the account. You're not going to be buying it for 40 bucks. Right. But like, you know, it's like, it's crazy because it's like, these are actual real use cases that, you know, a company like Epic could really take advantage of, right? Like they take a 10% fee on marketplace and trading exchanges. And we all know that that's a massive business, right? And it's like more secure for the end user, right? As opposed to having to go on eBay and hope you don't get scammed. You know, you'd have like a set, uh, an exchange um, basically certified from Epic, right? Yeah, yeah. Something like uh, Flow or something. It, was, it would probably centralize at, you know, at the onset for sure. It wouldn't be yeah, like... But it would definitely be centralized to begin, but like, I think this is a step in the right direction, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was kind of like, I think it was, I think it was Vitalik losing his World of Warcraft account was what got him to, to think of Ethereum and like start building it. Because I think he like violated the terms of service or something. And so they took everything, uh, they like deleted his account or something, and they took all the resources that he had earned. And he was like, that's bullshit. And like, that was like the genesis of Ethereum for him. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that legend <laughs> as well. Um, it's a good story. I don't know if it's true, but it is a good story. I like it a lot. Um, and it, <laughs> it's funny because Ethereum is, DeFi is like a game in itself, right? So it's like, you could see that like throughout the, you know, it's the life of crypto. So it's, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Um, so you dive deep into the punks. 
um, you know, the punks have their own credibility because they're the original. Um, is, is that why they're going to be the, you know, currently are the most valuable, but into the future, I assume that will be continuing or is there anything else? Um, yeah, so I'm like a huge uh, punk bull, obviously. Uh, what, the thing I like about it is they might not be the first, uh, but the thing that I thought was really cool and organic about them is the community that built around them. As I was delving into the NFT space, my first thought was I'm going to buy the next punks, right? And I was like, I was going into a bunch of Discord. I would be like minting projects and buying up floors for, for NFT projects that I liked. And after a while, I, you know, people started realizing that I was coming in and I was a quote unquote whale. And, you know, the first thing they would say is like, don't spend all your money on one project. And then they're, you know, as they got to know, realized that I was just going around and buying a bunch of stuff. They were like, hey, you need to buy punks. Like you don't own any punks. And my first response was, I don't want to own punks. I want to own the next punks, right? Just like everybody, right? Like punks are really expensive. You know, I think at the time they were like the floor was around a thousand, you know, maybe a little under that. And I was just like, no, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And, but then once, you know, the community around them was just so good uh, and patient and willing to teach me that once I understood that, and once I, they took the time to learn, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Not only from like the skin perspective, but also from like the historical, like how significant it is in history for the NFT uh, crypto art movement, right? So my thesis was if there is going to be a wing of NFT art in let's say the MoMA in 30 or 50 years, I would think that there is a very, very high probability that crypto punks will be featured in that wing, right? And so if you do have buy-in from these major in art institutions worldwide, uh, there's going to be tons of long-term value there, right? So it's like, even if I didn't like it as an avatar or thought that it would become culturally relevant, uh, just, I think from a, from an art, a historical art perspective, I thought there was value there. The idea of having it as a skin, did that come from the community? Was that like some, a narrative they had in mind already? No, well, people have it as their profile pictures, right? I, yeah. Me just equating, equating it to a skin is just how it made sense to me when I realized it, right? Is like, this is your skin right now on Twitter, on Discord, and on Telegram, right? Because like, how you want to be perceived is what profile picture you put up. So what I noticed was that probably the people in the NFT space that were the most OG, the most crypto native that understood it the best, had crypto punks as their profile yeah it also gives a lot of credibility like you can spin up an anonymous account and if you have a crypto punk as your avatar and you you know sign a transaction that shows it's yours or whatever you you get a lot of followers i mean you get you are you have that built-in audience right well i mean at the time you didn't right like that's right. i think this is something that's new within the last six seven months but like at the time, like I, I was just going from like the people that I followed in the space, you know, they were like, oh, you know, you need to get at least a zombie. And I was like, all right, cool. That make like, you know, and it was just starting to make more and more sense to me. When you say the MoMA will have a, like a crypto art wing, what does that actually mean? Like someone's going to send them the NFT to their wallet? Like, what is that? Like, what do you envision there? Um, that's a really good question. Uh I don't know because I don't know the intricacies of how, let's say, the institutional art market works on that end. 
I'm, I'm sure they'll probably get donated it, uh, some, some art uh, from really uh, wealthy collectors. But I just, I think that like, I think now we've probably reached that point where NFTs are, if they're not here to stay, which I think they are, uh, they at least made enough of a dent in the contemporary art market that they will be a significant point in any art history uh, study, right? So that 50 years from now, even if this was a flash in the pan, uh, there was some value created from here, right? I thoroughly disagree with that statement. I think that like NFTs are here to stay and they are gonna impact every industry, not just the art market. But uh, I just think if like from a de-risking the trade uh, perspective is like, I, I felt like the downside just wasn't that high when I got involved. Yeah, even, yeah, definitely if NFTs even disappear tomorrow, it would still be of some significance, just the Beeple right. sale and just the amount of activity and the, it's like a cultural phenomenon at this point. I mean, like, I was, I don't know, Joe Rogan, like, he's not even into NFTs, but like, it seemed like every guest for the past, like 10 guests has like brought it up, just like, you know, just thrown in nfts just like randomly into the conversation which is it's pretty interesting yeah no i totally agree i i think it's uh and i think it's just it's gonna be in, entering more and more of the mainstream culture like just as time goes on more than it has you think yeah i mean i you'd be surprised i i like i talk to a lot of people that still don't know what nfts are I, I saw you tweet something. Uh, you said crypto, some crypto big brains don't know about NFTs yet or something. What, what no, are you? Well, well, not that they don't know. Right. They just, they think, they think they're stupid, right? Like they just don't get it. And I, I love it. Like to me, that just tells me we're still so early that even like really, really smart crypto people don't see the value prop there yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the value prop? I mean, aside from, you know, we have we have this idea of original art in the crypto punks, um, the idea of skins and avatars, but there's definitely a lot more going on. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think that the world is going to become more and more digitized over the next one to three decades, which I do, and you think that blockchain tech will be at the center of that, which I also do then you have to imagine more and more assets are coming on chain. And as more and more assets come on chain, they will come on chain as NFTs because everything in the real world is an NFT, right? So you're not going to, like you're wearing a shirt right now and I'm wearing a shirt. If we each had a Bitcoin and we exchange those Bitcoins, we, we each have the same value, right? But if we were to exchange our shirts right now, we, we don't have the same value, right? Depending on the brands that made them, depending on the wear and tear, depending on a lot of different things, uh, will determine what the value of each of our shirts are, right? And that's the same thing with everything in the real world, right? Like, um, you know, different cars, mortgages, houses, all these things, if you think they will come on chain, then you have to be bullish NFTs because they will come on chain as NFTs because that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I... I, it's funny you say it because I definitely have started to see when, when NFC start to get really big, which I was like, not that long ago, maybe like three, four, five months ago, 
um, I started to just see the world as an NFT. Like you see a piece of art, like, oh, that's just an NFT, you know, like, what? it's like, so I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Yeah, uh, sure. um, there was something I had to say about the, uh, Never mind, I don't remember. Nonetheless, um, so you're very bullish on NFTs, of course, and you mentioned at the top of the show that you got involved with Delphi. So what are you trying to do with them over there? So yeah, so basically, you know, I've been angel investing now. Uh, I've been in angel investing for like five or six months by that point. Uh, and, you know, my, part of my mandate is I just want to push, you know, NFTs, the space forward, because I also, I still, I understand that people still don't get it. So uh, how can I help push the space forward, right? Like my background is as an investor, so I can help the projects that I think are cool, that are pushing the space forward, that I think uh, can be used at scale uh, and use my, my, not only my voice, but also my dollars to kind of help uh, move the space forward, right? To where I think it should go. So that's kind of like the whole process behind it, right? It's like, I felt like um, I have some sort of edge in seeing the NFT space a little different than most, or at least a little faster than most, which I think, uh, you know, it's like, why don't I take advantage of that uh, for myself and my investors, but also to push the space forward. One thing about Delphi, they announced maybe eight months ago, this purchase of hundreds of thousands of dollars for axes, which at the time, like I was super into DeFi um, and NFTs was just this like thing that existed that I was like, oh, this is cool. I really had no idea. And when I saw that, I'm like, what the hell? These guys are crazy. What are they doing? Um, turns out they were onto something. <laughs> um, and the Axies has just been taken off in the past, over the past six months, but even more so in the past couple months, it seems like there is tons of traction. I saw the report that came out from Delphi. Um, we're just showing how many users there are and, and what kind of value it's creating for them. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, so what are your thoughts on Axie and, and what, what is so unique about it? So, yeah, so, you know, I, wasn't part of Delphi when, when they bought those axes. And I remember reading about it and um, I didn't really get axes at the time. Um, but, you know, obvi like, obviously that was a great investment on their part back then. They probably have some of the, the rarest axes uh, that are out there. And honestly, like it didn't, it took me until like last week, late last week after the report came out where I was like, wow, like the number, these numbers are just like too good to ignore, right? Like as soon as they turned on the, the bridge uh, and breeding became very cheap, uh, you literally like Axie's been printing like over a million dollars in revs every single day, right? Um, that's been going to the token holders, right? That's uh, the, the value is being accrued to the token holders. And so like, to me, it's like, wow, like this is actually, you know, you, you hear about the play to earn model, but then you saw like once this one state gets turned on, how you know there is demand for it, right? Like people in in around the world, uh, outside of the United States, are using this to kind of uh, either uh, do instead of like their normal jobs or to uh, add you know to their income for the month, right? And you you keep reading these stories, uh, you know, basically what what Gabby and the guys at YGG are doing is incredible as well. And like to me, it's like wow, like this is kind of like 
the ushering in of the met of the next stage, right? Like of the metaverse where, you know, people will be working from their computers in these worlds um, to earn income, right? To earn real income that they can feed their families with. So like, to me, I, I think it's super cool. It's super innovative. Uh, what Jiho has done over at Axie, I think is incredible. And like, I'm annoyed with myself that it took myself so long to get red pilled on it. Uh, but I think it's better late than never, to be honest. Yeah, I'm surprised you said it only last week. That's super recent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, I, pers- I bought some on Saturday. You know, like I wasn't, I was not early to that at all. But like when I started seeing those, those numbers, you know, I, I did invest in, in Axie's last round. Um, so I, you know, I, I was a believer of the team there, but like, I just hadn't taken the time to really delve into buying the Axies. I also thought I had time uh, before they really started exploding. But yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. To, not only is it like been great from an asset uh, appreciation point of view, but also it's like, I think more importantly is like how people's lives are changing, right? Like you see that you know, Delphi's done, they've done a couple documentaries on like how people's lives have changed for the better, uh, especially with the pandemic hitting last year, where people were able to start working from home and still found a way to to provide food for their families, right? Like this is really like life-changing stuff that's happening. I didn't realize there were documentaries. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, is I can on, send you the link after this. On YouTube? But yeah, the, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I, I, I'll find the link uh, when we get off. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I'll be happy to check that out. Um, so we actually met one time once in Miami. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You got me into the Delphi party. Very kind of you. Um, because, well, as as part of the Bitcoin conference, you did your own kind of NFT uh, game, which I played. I enjoyed. I completed as well. Um what was the, what's the idea behind that? I mean, what are you planning with that, if, if anything? So, yeah, so basically, you know, I thought of that Thank First off, thank you. You're one, you and a, a couple other people were the only ones that like uh, did all three. So like that, like, I really appreciate that. And uh, what ended up happening was I thought of the idea about uh, maybe three or four days before the conference. And I was like, you know, what would be cool is like, if I played around with some sort of proof of attendance, uh, and so like I, I hit up the guys at Poop, and I was like, this is what I want to do. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah, we can definitely do that. And so uh, I basically had three different days where I had three different NFTs that were free to claim. All you had to do was show up. And the first, uh, it was about 20 people that showed up every day would get like a $5 gift certificate of wherever uh, the person I hired to stand and hand those out was. And so, you know, they were different Miami themed apes. So it was like literally my, the head of my ape, uh, the first day was Miami Vice. The second day was uh, Scarface and the third day was Pitbull, right? Cause I'm like, oh, let's, let's have fun with it. And so like, to me, it's more like a game. It, I, I didn't necessarily want anything out of it, right? Like the, the po-ops were free to claim. Uh, I gave away like $5 gift certificates at the different places to the first couple of people that went. And like, it was more to kind of see, it's like, how can we merge the digital world and the real world, right? Because especially now that we were very opening back up and like, I would think of like, you know, there's like celebrities that are coming into the space, trying to figure out what they do with NFTs, how they interact with their communities and what they can do. And so I'm like, listen, I'm crypto native, I'm NFT native. If I do uh, an event like this and 10 people showed up, I consider that a success, right? You know, like 
I didn't do any, any, uh, any promotional stuff for it. I literally started tweeting about it. Like I think an hour or two hours before I started it with a little, little no info. And I tried to make it fun for, for the people that were going to do it. But I'm in a position where I can push the space forward like that, right? Like your, your major celebrities, like your Kim Kardashians won't come in and maybe push the envelope the way I can, because to them, if they get less than X amount of people, it will be deemed a failure in their eyes, right? Like I had about 30 people show up every day. And like, to me, like that was super cool, right? Like I, you know, I was able to engage with my fans and, you know, uh, after it was all over, you know, you tweeted, you know, you, you were hearing rumors about the Delphi party and you tweeted about it. And so like, I DM'd you and I was like, yeah, you collected all three. Right. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. Like that's, you know, one of the perks, you know, of being like a G money fan, like if I can help you out, I'll help you out. And so to me, like that was kind of one, one way that I didn't even plan on doing was like just to reward you. Right. Cause you, you were interested in it. And like, I don't necessarily have any plans for it, but I just know that like it, I think it's a good way for me to, to find the people that are supporting me the most. And like, you kind of see it as, as creators uh, are coming into the community and just like engage with my followers, the most art, the most fervent followers, right. The people that are my biggest supporters that are like, Hey, you know, I'll go to this, I'll go find it every day. Right. Like it, it was, it was, um, there was enough friction that you had to do something, but it wasn't like totally frictionless, right? Like it wasn't hard, but you had to do something, you had to walk like two blocks out of your way. Right. And so like, to me, it's like, you know, I, I just thought it was a fun game to play and I kind of want to do more interesting stuff like this going forward. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it, but I know that at some point there, I think it will be worth it for people, you know, to be these fans or collect these NFTs or, or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but I, I don't really have a plan for them per se written on paper. I just know that I think it's a fun way to engage with, with my followers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just, the thing with NFTs, like, I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of what like their real use cases. And yeah. I think um, definitely the idea of memberships is something that is pretty cool. We see this with, you know, board ape has been, exploding uh, over the last uh, month or whatever. Um, and well, for them, you know, I don't know, there's a question for you. The idea that they have this, you know, members only club is kind of part of the appeal. But the other appeal is like you said, it's a skin that you can, you know, you show that you understand something that you're part of some community. Um, why, why do you think the board apes like have been so successful? I, I mean, is it, I think probably just boils down the community, but are there any other, any yeah, other? Well, I think, I think part of what sparked that is, uh, you know, the artwork is cool, right? It's fun. Right. Uh, and I think because they were probably one of the first projects that were like, okay, we're going to, we have this roadmap of things we're going to keep on building and doing and providing to community members. And you kind of see it in punks as well. Uh, punks have been around for a long time. So it's like you see community members that have um, built the community around it, right? And that's really, to me, is like you can't, everyone says this, like you can't fork community. And I think that's really true. Like I think what Board Apes has, has been able to do is that the creators have interacted uh, with their community really well and they have a roadmap and they've communicated what they want to do really well. And I think that, that that all helps with the community building aspect, right? Like I think on the flip side is, you know, obviously punks have been here for a long time 
but larva labs is generally like very silent with regards to what they're doing right and so um you start you you see the the different and neither neither approach is right or wrong right uh for the same way that you have a bunch of different brands in the real world and each one stands for something different and neither is right or wrong right like it, you don't like gap and hate uh banana republic you, uh, they're the same company so that's a bad idea but like but like, you know what i'm saying is like each brand stands for something different uh yeah. but like that doesn't make one wrong and the other right yeah um speaking of larva labs it feels like there's been a little bit of like fud around them the last few last period or whatever it's probably nonsense but they had this uh DCMA takedown, they had the me bits got a little bit of flack. I mean, well, what do you think is going on there? It's just like, you know, cycles, people just randomly upset or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's just cycles of like, you know, love and hate, ups and downs. Uh, me personally, like I minted a bunch of me bits. I didn't get anything back great, but like I personally, I'm a long-term bull on MeBits. I think as we start going into more immersive meta metaverses, um, MeBits will probably find some value in the long term. And you know, I'm I'm willing to wait. Like I'm, you know, I, I don't think I've sold many NFTs. Uh, I've been I've bought stuff, but I haven't sold many. Right. So like to me, these are all longer-term holds, and with regards to the ebb and flow. And I know people always like hit me up. They're like, oh man, punks are like, you know, the floor is like getting hit or the floor is going up. It's like, it's not something I look at from a day-to-day -day basis. Cause I'm not, I'm not flipping these things or trading them short-term. Personally, I think that the trend for all these NFTs. And I mean, if you were to, if you were to fast forward 10 years to the future and you were to say, Hey, like, did you get, I got involved in 2020 or I got involved in 2021 that's going to be the same time period, right? Like for all intents and purposes, you'll be a NFT OG uh, getting involved in today or getting involved a year ago, right? And so like, to me, it's like, I think the general price action will be up and to the right over time. So I'm not really that concerned about, you know, the FUD that comes out or, you know, like, the, you know, things that are popping, like, listen, Larva Labs raised $80 million with the Mebit sale. I'm, these guys build, they build in silence. I'm pretty sure that that's not the end of what they're doing. And so I'm excited to see what they ultimately come out with, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, there's some speculation, supposed to be some sort of metaverse project, something, something like that, but um, definitely we'll see. And, you know, on the topic of uh, punk for punk prices, what I, what I see here is like, I mean, you're actually using it, right? It's, it's kind of like your brand, right? So yep. in a way it's like, you're, you're adding value to this particular punk in, in ways that it doesn't matter necessarily what the price is. There's a lot of things that, you know, you're building on top of it, even this, beautiful uh vr ar uh filter that you got on right now yeah no i totally agree you know when I, that was kind of my thought process when i bought the pump right it's like i'm like i'm gonna build my brand around it uh and i think i've i think i've done a pretty successful job in, up until day today on the topic of communities this is something that's super important are there any particular communities that you you like whether in DeFi or in nfts um community so i i mean now i admittedly i spend a lot more time uh in the nft world so uh, i'm a little less dis disconnected from DeFi, but i love yearn uh i'm a big i'm a huge yearn bull uh personally 
but you know, within the NFT community, I think, I think what Board Ape Yacht Club is doing is really great. I think um, obviously CryptoPunks. I think Artblocks has been incredible. Like that, like the Artblocks Discord uh, has been a lot like maybe like punks were maybe like a year ago. Uh, in the sense that like the, the amount of enthusiasm and, you know, like just any of the curated drops are selling out pretty much instantaneously. And I think they, they're doing, and Snowfro is a punk OG. Like he, I think he at one point had the most number of zombies and yeah, the guy is like a stud, right? Like I love what he's doing there. Um, you know, I, and then there's like a lot of other projects that like I'm bullish on. Uh, but again, it's like, I, I think that the developers and the creators kind of need to prove themselves, right? Like I think with a lot of these uh, projects that come out, it's almost like, um, it's like a fundraising, right? It's like a fundraising round almost. It's like crowdfunding where it's like, they'll raise some money and then you kind of want to see what they build, right? Like, and you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt and you have to give them some time, right? Like I think polymorphs, I think what they did is really cool in the sense that the tech behind the NFTs is really cool. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see other people use that tech in innovative and interesting ways, right? And I think they, it was a little misunderstood when it came out because it's not like your, uh, your classic profile picture, your avatar profile picture project. Well, what is it? Tell me. I minted some. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I minted a bunch. So basically, right, is like, you have an equal chance of getting like any, any attribute, like you have an equal possibility of getting any possible attribute. So like the way you get rarity is by the combinations of things, right? So it's like, you see people like, kind, but, but you can re-scramble at any time you want and you pay a certain amount for that, right? So it's like, it could take, maybe you could rate, like get a perfect, uh, a perfect like uniform or let's say, I think, I think the closest one or the one that hit was like, almost like a Roman soldier uniform where, you know, you had like the gladiator uniforms and you had like the two swords or like a shield or something, but like you have to keep re-rolling until that hits. So it's like, it's not necessarily that um, you're going to mint something and you know whether it's rare or not right away. It's like, you kind of have to work to make it rare, but then also over time, like all those rarities are kind of dynamic, right? In the sense that like, and I'll use like, I'll use, uh, hoodies the hoodies in 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 punks right that is not any rarer than some other ones that uh trade for lower prices but there is demand for it because people like it right so it's like if there was an ability to remint um that trait in punks there probably would be people that keep rolling till they got the punk uh the the hoodie attribute right so then that would make it less rare over time so i think like there's like a really cool, fun, and interesting game mechanics behind it. Uh, and even if maybe like, I think that there could be some historical significance there. So I'm willing to um, take a bet on that, right? Cause I think, pro I think Tyler is like a giga brain dude. And like, I think what he's doing is super cool. And like the way he sees the space is super cool. Nice, nice. What makes, what makes a strong community? Um, that's a good question. I think, I mean, just interaction, right? Like people, uh, having people with that are willing to, to take part of the community, uh, willing to, to do what it takes, even if it's like unpaid, right? Like people are just excited to be there, right? Like that to me is probably the best part about it, right? Where people share the vision. And a lot of times like it stems, it always stems from like the founders, right? And the creators, 
where it's like, you know, if they can convince, if they can get, if that passion can be uh, portrayed to everybody else, then like the community grows organically and, you know, the thing goes viral, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The passion is is something that you can't fake, right? It's got to be yeah. real. It's got to be organic. You got to really wake up every day and like want to participate. You can't force that over time. It'll just degrade if it, if it is right. Exactly. So what are, if any, are there any projects that are upcoming that you're particularly excited about? Uh, like NFT projects? Yep. Um, I mean, pretty much, let's see, the last stuff that, that I kind of minted was uh, polymorphs. I minted a bunch. Uh, dystopian punks I thought were really cool. Uh, I know they did, they, they issued B1 like a couple months ago and I bought some because I thought they were cool and then I saw they were, I, I was actually late. I didn't buy any when they initially minted. I bought a bunch like in the aftermarket. And like, to me, it's like, I think the aesthetic is pretty cool. And just kind of seeing like the creativity that the communities are going with, uh, where it's like, you know, if the, if the community engages, then sky's the limit, right? Because it's almost like, and you see it with like Star Wars and like Lord of the Rings and, and a lot of these fantasy sci-fi type um, franchises where like, fan art and fan fiction is like a huge part of it, right? And like the cool thing about crypto and NFTs, uh, and especially with ones where like you get full IP licensing rights to what you want. And like, you see it a lot with Board Ape Yacht Club where like, you know, uh, I mean, there's Jenkins the Valet, which is basically like, you know, a normal common ape, but they're building a story around it, right? It's like, you can be, if you're creative and you wanna build something around uh, one of your NFTs, uh, you can like, you have like, in a lot of these projects, especially the ones that are starting to come out now, like they're giving you that right with it, right? So it's like, you can be as creative as you want. And I think that's one of the things that like help, will help things mean into relevance, right? Because uh, you as a creator can only do so much and you can only have some vision. But if you have a group of like 2000 to 5000, like avid followers that are each doing what they want with it, right? Like that's, that's going to help meme it into relevance that much faster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned already, building a brand around an NFT, if people start doing that individually, the community as a whole will just explode. I mean, that, that would be, that would be insane. Um, what do you think? I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but um, you like the, kind of derivatives of the punk projects like you mentioned one right now we have also hd punks we had the the funks like the flipped punks um what do you think of these i mean it's like it's it's all so, good like yeah go ahead so i think that um i if anything i think all of them help reinforce how important punks are right uh, i don't think you don't go down i, I used to live in new york city you don't go down to Chinatown trying to buy like non-designer handbags, right? People make fake handbags of the of designer handbags because the designer handbags are so valuable. So like, to me, it's like, I think when I see like the straight up knock knockoffs, like the Binance punks or, um, or those types of things, like to me, that just reinforces the value there. I, I dystopian punks are really the only ones that I have actually bought because I just like the aesthetic of it, right? Like I liked um, the futuristic twist, the dystopian twist, 
And so like, to me, I thought it was fun. Right. And like, I'm like, all right. And I'm very much of the believer that it's like, okay, if I find something that I find enjoyable, I will commit some money towards it simply for the fact that I want to help that creator keep on creating something that I enjoy. Right. Like if that creator can't make money off of it. And this happened to me with uh, Twerky Pepe, uh, like back in January, where when I would see him post these twerky, these, these pictures of these Pepe's that were twerking, I would like laugh. So I was like, you know what, like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy something for 200 bucks. And then I hit him up and I was like, Hey, like, let's do a collab together. Right. Like, you know, let's do something fun uh, because it would make me laugh. Maybe it makes other people laugh. And that was the genesis of that. It was simply because I was like, Hey, I like what this person is doing. I want to support them so that they can do it. And then it, you know, uh, after we did our collab within 20 minutes, you know, he was like, oh, dude, like you, you changed my life because, you know, like now this is like something that I can do for real. Right. Because he was getting the notoriety and, you know, he was doing cool things. So like to me, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like here was this creator making something that I liked. And because I bought some, I I allowed him to keep on doing it. Right. Which is kind of what it's the beauty of all of it with regards to art. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Turkey Pepe. <laughs> that's uh that was <laughs> those are pretty funny, not gonna lie. <laughs> um how about um one project that I think is pretty cool is the Mooncats. Um they had a very interesting story behind them. Uh I wonder if you have any thoughts on the project. I don't, admittedly, I don't know that much about Mooncats. I have, I did buy some a couple months ago and I have them sitting in a wallet, but like, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I haven't been keeping up that closely with that story. No problem. No problem. Um, another thing that, you know, we mentioned the board apes, we've seen so many different, um, like profile picture type, uh, projects coming up like seemingly every single day. Um, I have a couple like questions. I mean, do you think that what is the first one of these? Like, what is the first profile picture caught? Is it like punks? Is it punks? I mean, they never intended to be that necessarily, but maybe it is that. And do you, what do you think of this, this type of project? Is this like a sustainable like business that is going to continue or, or just like kind of a fad? So yeah, I, I consider punks probably the first profile picture project, uh, just cause maybe that's how I understood it. So like, to me, it's like, it's, I bought mine with the intent of making it my profile picture. And oh, that's so interesting. That to, me, that to me was like why I did it. Right. So I do think all these are, are kind of derivatives off of that because also it's like a lot of people that were like, oh, I miss punks. Uh, let me get into something else. And, you know, I think board ape yacht club kind of, uh, ignited that of uh, the current frenzy because there's a lot of you know it's like every day there's like a new animal or a new type of profile uh, pro profile picture project yeah tongue twister and so like um, I do think that we're in the middle of a frenzy I do think that things will cool off at some point but I will I will say two things that I find kind of interesting is one this frenzy is happening in the middle of a of a bear market like you know Bitcoin's down like 50% from the high and Ethereum is down about the same amount. So it's like into this deep correction, we are still having people FOMO and ape into all these projects, which I think is interesting. It might say something, what it says, I don't know yet, 
but I think that's something to be cognizant of. And then two is if you take a look at profile pictures and you see, you know, I most people change their profile pictures, not on a daily basis, but frequently, right? The same way that you would change your outfit, right? So if I were to take a look at the American consumer and how, uh, how, what, what, how they spend their money uh, in the retail market today on clothing, and the number of garments that the average American consumer buys per year is 59, which means that because humans like to look unique, right? Like you don't wear the same thing every single day and you don't, um, you, you usually change your clothes, right? Unless you're Steve Jobs. But outside of that, like you're usually changing how, what your appearance is. So I do think that maybe this is more sustainable uh, than we think. I do think we're probably in a frenzy at this point, but like you can't discount the fact that you know, maybe today I feel like a punk, maybe tomorrow I feel like a board eight yacht club and the day after I feel like something else that I feel resonates with me on that given day, right? And I think that's human and that's fine. Uh, but I think that, you know, especially if they have a starting price of, you know, $100 or less, right? Like there is, there will be demand for for things depending, you know, it's it's a very price elastic type of thing probably, but I think there will be demand for multiple projects because people want to display themselves differently, right? And I, I keep coming back to the Fortnite example because you know I I always am taking a look at like how how these kids are how they are acting and interacting with each other on these platforms. And generally, like you know, if let's say I play for an hour and I play like three or four games, like people will change their skins every game, right? So it's like you don't want to be the same person every single time. You want to be a little different every time. So I, I think they're probably there's probably more sustainability there than we're giving them than we're giving these projects credit for. But at the same time, I do think we're in a bubble of that. I like the analogy of um, the changing clothes. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned this earlier, but uh, with like the Lambos and stuff like that, and it's like where people see you, right? So like, are you going to buy a uh, fancy Rolex, or are you going to buy a board ape? Because, you know, how many people visit your profile picture, uh, your profile on Twitter versus how many people do you see just day to day walking down the street? A lot more are going to see your Twitter, right? So it's just a, it's kind of like a better investment in many ways. Yeah. It's, you get more bang for your buck. You yeah. Know? Like, you know, and, and especially, especially as if you're hanging out and spending most of your time online, which at this point, because of COVID, a lot of us are like, it's, it, it's almost seems like a no brainer, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, one thing that you set up, I believe you set up was these advertisements for crypto punks. What was, what's, what was the idea behind that? So, yeah, so that was, uh, it was, I worked with Save Art Space and Justin Aversano, uh, who has been doing great. Like he, you know, we, we met because he literally like slid into my DMs on Instagram after he heard me talk on a clubhouse. And, you know, he was asking me about all these things and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And I was like, oh, dude, like, because he wanted to get into NFTs. And so, you know, I helped him uh, figure out NFTs. He got into the space. He had great success. And then he was like, hey, like, so, you know, I, I have this non-for-profit, which is called Save Art Space. And the mandate is to get uh, art out in public places at, for people to see as it was originally intended, you know, not stored in like Swiss vaults and free ports throughout the world. 
So I'm like, oh, this, and he was like, I, I think it'd be really cool because I, I, I told him, uh, you know, what I, what I said earlier about like crypto punks being in museums. And he was like, I think it'd be really cool. Like, fuck waiting for a museum. Like, let's, let's get it out in the real world now. Like, and he goes, you know, we can work with the nonprofit and we can figure out a way to raise money for the nonprofit and, and get the, the punks out into the real world. And, you know, we did uh, Miami, we did New York. Uh, we, I think London, there's going to be some, but it's also a mix between punks and uh, other NFT artists. And, you know, like that was like the concept behind it. Right. And I think we might do another city later in the year, but yeah, it was just like a lot of fanfare and it was, I think it was really cool. It was um, really interesting to kind of see uh, the interaction between the real world and the digital world uh, coming together as, you know, basically I, I think COVID obviously fast forwarded a lot of that movement. Right. Um, and so it was, I think it was really cool and fun to do. It was pretty surreal to walk down the street in New York city and see some crypto punks <laughs> just yeah. on the bus stops. It was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like the thing is like, even, you know, I got into crypto a year ago, like I could not have imagined how much traction it got in such a short amount of time that now we have NFTs being displayed at bus stops. <laughs> I, I mean, I love it. It was great. And I'm, I'm happy I was able to kind of like help, help make that happen, you know? Absolutely. 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 So what other projects are you currently involved with, if any? Um, well, you know, I obviously I have the fund where, you know, we've been heavily investing in the space, uh, venture investing and, you know, trying to, to kind of find the, the picks and shovels for the NFT space uh, and like, you know, help the ecosystem develop further, right? Because if we're going to be bringing more stuff on chain, obviously the infrastructure needs to be better. The same way in DeFi, right? Where, you know, people are building to bring more things on chain and do more stuff on chain in the future. The same exact process needs to happen in NFCs. So that's kind of uh, what I've been working on. So I'm assuming you're not only talking about like art, you're talking about just, you know, everyday type of stuff as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, like everything, you know, and it all, it's starting with art now, but I think it will expand greatly over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are there, is there anything that maybe you can't say, but is there anything like coming down that you're like pretty excited about that actually goes beyond this, this idea of just having art on chain? Um, yeah, well, I think like stuff in the metaverse, right? Uh, like fractionalization platforms, uh, things, trading platforms to make uh, maybe cross swaps like a little easier. Uh, I, I, cause I, I do think when you look at the world, right? Like um, 10 years from now, like people will be operating on crypto and not know they're operating on crypto, right? And that, you know, it'll be like a very web two like experience, but like all those, all those tracks need to be laid down today. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely if crypto is going to get traction, it's got to be a lot more invisible to the end user. I think that that's kind of the consensus uh, within crypto right now. For sure. All right. Okay. G money. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you? 
Um, my so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, G Money NFT. Um, that's probably the best way to to hit me up. My DMs are open, so you know I'm always open to to talking to people about NFTs. Awesome. I'm surprised that uh, you get DMs about NFTs on Instagram. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, Instagram is like a big artist thing. You know, it's like it, crypto mostly lives on Twitter, but like there's 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 people on on the other platforms as well. I got you. I got you. So after listening to this conversation, how would you like the the listeners to take action? Um, I mean, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow me on the socials and. You know, like if you have like a cool idea with with NFTs, feel free to hit me up. You know, I'm I'm looking to move the space forward as, as much as I possibly can. All right, G Money, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope we can talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks a lot.